2: the restaurant Roundtable. i'm robin reed um replacing ollie because timings and i am joined by On. hello and we are here to talk about the recent revpro global wars uk shows that took place over november the 9th and the 10th which we were both at and saw a nice uh, blend of uk guys couple of us indie guys and uh New Japan talent all mixed in together in what ended up being two pretty good shows. I don't, for me, they didn't quite live up to um, last year's double shot, but overall, I, uh, I had a very good time at least.
1: Uh Yeah, from like the, the the start of the weekend when I got down there, it was like, I, I walked into the pub and sat down and then people just started coming in one after another and it was just like, you always get like a good feeling about a, a weekend's worth of shows and people turn up at the pub like two hours before the show and everyone's in a good mood and that's kind of the atmosphere that we had dundee arms that's what does it
2: well i uh i never found out uh this time because i made the, the stupid mistake of uh queuing way too early
1: yeah um, you were standing in the queue while i was just sat in the pub drinking yeah,
2: yeah. Like I I got there a bit late because I as always I had a little bit of trouble with public transport because I have an inability to <laughs> to navigate anywhere without uh some problem or other. Uh so I was running a little bit late, although actually I was running fine because I didn't realise the show uh started at seven thirty, not like six thirty. So well, I got this there is because like
1: because they they have queuing issues, so they have so much trouble getting people through the doors that instead of going like doors open at at six, show starts at half six, they actually put like a, a decent amount of space to get people in this time. Which uh, paid off because it started on time, the interval was on time, and it lasted 15 minutes, and then it finished on time. Which has it, got to be a first for a Rev Pro show.
2: It felt eerie. Um, it, it was like, uh, is someone else running this show? <laughs> now, from, from what I've uh, been able to pick up, uh, what really happened is People were able to actually run the show because they had a few more people in the back, uh, helping out, um, because RevPro's expanded operations a little bit. And that's just helped the overall running of the show. Um, but it was appreciated, although, um, at first it was a bit unexpected and we were kind of expecting to run off old RevPro times and then gone, oh, damn, the show's actually started again. We don't actually have time to, to go and do this when he says five more minutes and you go, okay, that's another 15 minutes. But, uh, yeah if it if they can keep this up this is uh, definitely a good thing and uh, something for all of Britrest to uh follow S- suit hopefully
1: aspire to
2: Yes I might but, actually be able to go to like a fight club pro show in uh, Wolverhampton if the,
1: the thing with fight club pros I really do like them having like this massively long interval because it gives me plenty of chance to drink and get merch and chat to people and it's it's kind of enhances the social part of it but uh I do appreciate people who've got trains and places to, to get to and uh, that Rev Pro one was just like, wow. <laughs> it's a 15 minute interval, so I spent the first like five minutes fucking around upstairs, then got downstairs and had a chat with somebody and then it was like, the intermission's over. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean the intermission's over?
2: Is this not British wrestling? Uh, it's it's uh, a new, a new uh, pinnacle. Yeah, we've been learning. WXW's been over and they've been uh, showing the British promotions how to do it, uh, clearly. So, I guess we'll get to the shows then, um, and talk about some matches that I must assume ran wonderfully to time. Um, (laughs) No doubt. So, we opened things up on night one with an absolute travesty um, in that Josh Bowden was robbed of his Cruiserweight Championship. By the the devilish Brian. smile.
1: He's too heavy to be a cruiserweight. He has been too heavy to be a cruiserweight for at least a year.
2: His upper body gets wider every time I see it. It's very strange because his waist (laughs) has stayed the exact same size. And it's just his pecs have got bigger and bigger. And he's he's a very strange shape. But a, a, a brilliant one for being chopped.
1: He's been claiming to be like 180 pounds for the for the last two years, and he just isn't. <laughs> he's got to be over 205. Like, well, there's no way he's a cruiserweight.
2: He's definitely over 205 in wrestler weight, anyway.
0: Like, oh yeah, in, in
2: yeah. real weight, who knows? But compared to other people calling themselves, like, he's at least as as heavy as David Starr easily, right?
1: Oh, he's heavier than David Starr. I would have said.
2: But yeah, um, this this was a freeway with uh, Bodem, Bushi, and Ryan Smile for the Cruiserweight Championship. I thought it was good. Like this is going to be a, a bit of a pattern on a lot of a lot from these two shows. A lot of it was completely inoffensive, enjoyable. Right around the like three and a three star to like three and a half star map mark, where you the match ends, you go yeah that was good, but like it doesn't really stick in the mind too much. You don't have that much. To really say about it, and I thought, other than the the finish where which I thought was a bit weird in that they had Bodem, the the heel champion, get misted and then rolled up by by the face. Um, so you kind of have the the heel champion being robbed. so that was a bit of bit of a strange way to to change the title, but uh, I guess if they're looking for Bodem to to move up to the heavyweights and potentially challenge there, they, this might be their way of protecting him or something, but. Uh, overall i thought it was it was all solid
1: action and a good way to kick off the show yeah i pretty much agree with that uh, i don't really remember a lot about it uh, <laughs> not uh this is not alcohol based this time this is uh i haven't had a chance to watch it back and there was quite a lot of wrestling so i've got like 16 matches to remember and this this show was completely overwhelmed by a match in the second half that we'll get to later but uh yeah, it was a fun opener. Uh, I thought that the title change kind of surprised me because Bodem hasn't long been cemented as like their guy in in the cruiserweight division. But like I say, he's too heavy to be in there, so it kind of makes sense. But that I kind of thought Ryan Smile was was getting like the the shit out treatment from from Rev Pro, but uh, I guess they turned the corner on him. Well, you said
2: they haven't um, they haven't had um, Bodem be the the guy. For the cruiserweight division, but he's been champion what three times? Um, yeah, No, I mean like has...
1: this. This run felt like a, this was his run because like he beat Ospreay for the title, and it yeah. was a very convincing victory. And it that was what summertime. So he's been like six months where it's been Bodum, and he was the guy. It that didn't feel like a like a big run that I thought they were kind of pushing towards, but. Like I say, he's probably going to step up to heavyweight, and they need to get the belt off him. So it happened.
2: He's held the belt two hundred and ten days, according to Cage Match. So, although I, I, part of that was interim champion, wasn't it? I thought about yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I think his actual win over Osprey
2: was. It was summer. Yeah.
1: My God, it was actually April. <laughs> it doesn't feel. Oh, it's right, so yeah. Long.
2: So it, so, so it is 210 days of actual of actual, actual championship. Days. So, yeah, Oof. quick stat. Josh Bodum has held the Cruiserweight Championship for 422 days total. That's quite a while. I would not have realized he held it that long.
1: Yeah, he, he's a guy that they really like, though, so he, he's been pushed pretty heavily yeah. by them, whereas like, he doesn't get the chance in other places because presumably they don't like him. i
2: yeah what can you do got a little bit of a a reputation on his hands but uh from what i've heard it seems to be easing a bit you know getting a bit older getting a bit more mature Um,
1: you you would hope some of these guys would eventually stop being so dumb but um you you never know
2: you can hope and then you can be continuously disappointed a lot of the time (laughs) especially in the last few days um yeah but uh not to touch on we that we too went much too well we could that. be there for we could be there for hours and uh fascinating could result in
1: litigation um, and <laughs> because yes indeed so i have a, a big mouth and i'm not afraid to use it
2: yeah um and that's that's some editing that i i don't fancy doing um <laughs> i mean i say that and I, I left all the well a lot of the the uh alleged uh, chapping in the <laughs> WXW episode, but, you know. Um, speaking of WXW, what a segue this is. I thought I was going to get to see Homicide again um, so soon <laughs> after the Tag League when the next match started, uh, the first entrance theme started, and we got um, the Kill Bill siren going, and I, I got very excited on the floor. I was jumping up and down going, oh, surprise Homicide appearance! Brrr! But, but <laughs> no, um, that
1: is that is just how... Um, but in a way, that kind of plays into Damien Dunn's gimmick, because I he's can't... denied you your fun. He has.
2: Uh, uh, sorry, Damien Dunn? Who's that?
1: Who... I'm not calling him No Fun Dunn. Well, it's you just, just did. I just did, but I'm not as, like, as a rule. I'm just not going to, because it's stupid. <laughs> it
0: is
2: a bit... Um, I mean... He's teaming with Gideon, so I think it kind of fits in with that. Like you're not supposed to take him at all seriously. You're supposed to think he's stupid, which you know, to be fair, the gimmick is stupid, but it's also wonderful at the same time. Um, it's layered. I think that's that's a good way of describing this match actually. Um, Gado and Toriyano going up against the Legion of Lords. Uh, no fun done, Ugh. and Gideon Gray. Um, kind of wonderful but stupid at the same
1: time um yeah yano was so over i was kind of worried that some people wouldn't even know he was because it's like zach gibson said later in the night you're all fake new japan fans you don't really watch it you just buy the bullet club t-shirt and um yeah (laughs) i had that entirely wrong (laughs) people might not know who he was but obviously like he's he's kind of a playful fun character so they've they've kind of everyone's twigged that he's a, an entertaining guy and it's he, he was over straight away yeah I, um, I literally bought my ticket to this show because uh, Tono was on it
2: that's that actual fact I I have very little care for Torriano because I I am no fun in, in personified in many but um, in person seeing live his acts it's a lot of fun uh it's, it's very enjoyable like i'm i'm so bored of it on tape um I, I get so bored every new japan show but um seeing it live with the is crowd interaction stuff it's just a little bit it, it, it's it's so much better and it's uh i enjoyed this but uh yeah
1: yeah this is this is fun but it's kind of disposable. i'm glad gideon gray's getting some sense of direction like uh He's a very entertaining guy but like he's just been all over the place for the past year. I really don't know what that angle was they were trying to do where you just kind of stare vacantly off into space. It never felt like it was fully realized. Uh so he's never back. really doing... went anywhere? No. No, I don't really see what it was all
2: about. But... Yeah. I think his problem is his home promotion doesn't suit his style. Like RevPro Pro is his home promotion, and it's kind of the, the sport based ish promotion that works with New Japan and is very work-rate-based, where he, you know, that's not him. Like, he's, he's probably better in ring than most will give him credit for, but he's not that work-rate guy. He's never going to end up in New Japan. No. Like, um, He'd be better so off he, in
1: ICW, really, where you yeah, can kind it, of it, take that gimmick further.
2: I, I like him in XWA from the little, very little I've seen of him in XWA, but he seems a good fit there. But uh, you know he's he's fine. He's a little bit of a, a change of pace on these all of these cards, and it's it's inoffensive. Uh, moving he's a on, though. he is um, El Desperado versus Matt Riddle. Um, I was this a little is good. <laughs> This was this was Matt Riddle kind of stretching Desperado, and then Desperado healing it up, getting advantage for a little bit, and then Matt Riddle going actually, no, I'm going to destroy you now. Um, Which, you know, is pretty much what you want from from these two being paired up. I think the issue
1: here is that Desperado never had any shot at winning, and it kind of ended up dragging a little bit because they had him on offense for too long. And if Riddle was more experienced, then he probably would have known to cut that shorter. Just give... uh, as I know they're trying to build like a, a storyline here where Desperado softening Riddle up for Minoru Suzuki the next night. But it just went on too long for the difference in, in size and even in uh, stature uh, between the two. It's like Riddle is such a, a, a bigger act than Desperado. And that's no offense to, to Despi. He's just not at Riddle's level. So I felt it was a bit too long.
2: Otherwise Yeah, good. I can see that. Um, it was a little sad, um, both in the the meet and greet, which neither of us were at, but we got a bunch of pictures sent to us of uh, Desp there without, with like no one in his line, looking a bit sad, offering free hugs, and he he, he didn't get um, he didn't get too much of a reaction here. But we we'll get to that later. We we set that right for for night two, almost sing well. Not single-handedly, but the the two of us. started we helped started something. <laughs> we did. Um, next skill, Naito. This I'm going to be honest. I have zero recollection of this match taking place, and that oh, probably I do. says as much about it as. I rem- oh I remember, I remember the entrance, several
1: actually. things in this match.
2: I remember the <laughs> entrance, and uh, some some shouts from the balcony.
1: Some unscrupulous gentleman on the balcony who I certainly wasn't standing with or a part of. Um, <laughs> yeah, this match, it kind of alternated between really good and really shit. So there was there was bits like uh, you know Naito's corner leg sweep thing, We went to yeah. do that and Marty didn't notice, so he was just standing there with Naito kicking him. In oh, the, in I remember the, that now. Yeah, that was... Achilles tendon. <laughs>
2: And I'm that like, Martin,
1: for fuck's sake! You should know the guy's spots. You must have seen him wrestle. Um, like, but he's like, oh, his Yeah, I've got to go. Yeah, and then then he eventually kind of drops down after Naito hooks his leg a second time, and and I'm just like, come on, man! And the match had a lot of those moments where skill just wasn't on for me. Like there was, I don't know if he was distracted or what, because he was getting. <laughs> this was a match where there was a lot of crowd heat. So and it was going both ways. So there was a lot of abuse for Skull, there was a lot of support for Skull, and there was a lot of support for Nitro as well. And it just there was a lot of noise in the building. So it's like I don't know if that put him off maybe because he was getting yelled at quite a lot and it had nothing to do with me, I honest. But that that
2: created a like bit a, disappointing a, a, overall.
1: Yeah, it was patchy, this was. At, at times it was very good, and it was quite fluid, but then you had these moments where it's like, what is going on here? And it's just a mess. Which was one of my complaints about Skrull, like a few years ago, when I said I I didn't feel that he was ready um, to be like a big international star. Uh, then he stepped his game up and became a big international star, and he has the odd match like this, where I'm just like... Mm. Really hasn't stepped up to the plate here. Uh, Naito is one of the world's best, so you you kind of can't blame him for it.
2: I feel a lot some of the communication
1: time... errors there. I, don't
2: know. I feel a lot of the time don't with go. Skull, like when he's when he's really over, like he'll just coast on that and like not not put the work in alongside that, where you get the the perfect the perfect package of someone getting an amazing reaction, but also working to the reactions level, he'll get an amazing yeah. reaction and go, okay, I don't need to work to, to, to be over in this match, I'll just coast along here. And that's kind of what we got here.
1: Well, fair, fair play to him, if you can make the money and stay over... Negata
2: Gibson. Um, this was good, but again, like, I, I'm saying this for so so many of these matches, so many of them were, were good matches, and then... They
1: just lap that little thing to put them over the top. I think Nagata has only got so much left in the tank now. Uh, yeah. They made it his final G1 this year. I think that's absolutely the right decision. Even though he was still good in that tournament and he, he operated at a, a very high level, um, his days as a like a top tier guy are basically over, and that's that's really sad. But at the same time, he had a really good run. Like, he was a top, top guy for a very long time. And it was pleasing to see him come over here and put on a decent performance with a Zach Gibson, whereas, like, uh, Hiroki Goto came over here and dogged it against Gibson. Like, he really didn't give a fuck. It was, a like, a two-star special. This was a lot better than that. Um, but it wasn't, like, a, a great match. And it was never going to be, like... I could allow Nagata to come and coast... At his age, which is why, uh, like, I was really surprised at how good Rey Mysterio was when he worked in Rev Pro because I fully expected him to just coast, and I'd have been fine with it because it's it's Rey, you know, he's earned the right to, and the same is true of Nagata, but he he didn't, he he fought hard, and charged forty pounds for a t-shirt. Yeah, but they
2: those the special t-shirts were printed on the inside and the outside. That's got to got to drive up those costs. Forty pounds, Rob. <laughs> hey, that could buy you half a Dan seven, eight by ten, and a photo op. Yeah, that. That's, uh, I'm all for these guys making people.
1: a bit of money on the side, but come on, Yuji <laughs> <UG. laughs>
2: Hey, if people are willing to pay it, then you know you can't you can't
1: fault him. It's more out of respect. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a, a tax. It's like a Nagata
2: tax. Yeah, he's given you he's given you a lot over the what last thirty well twenty five years.
1: It's been a long. Well, he was in he was in WCW, so it's been a very long time. He's a good boy. Um. Anyway, shall we move on to CCK versus uh, Rocky and Yoshihashi?
2: Hashi's Hashi theme build up is way too long for the payoff, which is him walking out kind of awkwardly with his little staff thing it just goes
1: on forever indie mark for yourself entrance (laughs) so is like if you get like an indie guy who just milks the hell out of his entrance that is what he's doing but he hasn't got the confidence to to back it up it's not like he comes like bursting out and you're like yay it's yoshihashi it's like oh it's yoshihashi finally and um yeah he's just at the moment he's just not got any confidence like he's his standard uh, in the ring has slipped over the last year and i think it's mainly because he's just not he doesn't believe in himself you get that feeling
2: uh kind of like he, (sighs) he 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 did feel a bit out of place here the match overall was was solid we got a very similar match the next next day, with a couple of people added, but uh, didn't didn't really
1: do too much for me. No, it's unfortunate for CCK because they've done a, a solid job of pushing both of them individually and as a, a team. Whereas like Brooks and Banks are not really a team anywhere else. And yet, here it was just it was just a match. Maybe it's just a bad spot. They were after Nagata. Uh, like I say Yoshihashi didn't look particularly into it, and then people knew there was two big matches after this, and it was like, all right, come on lads, let's let's get this one out of the way and move on to bigger and better things.
2: I'd forgotten until they came out without the titles that they would lost the belts here. Which yes,
1: is, yeah, they did. It, yeah.
2: <laughs> it, it feels a bit weird for Mustache Mountain to have the Red Purse Tag Belts, like it. It doesn't feel like it fits with the rest of the product. It
1: was a very strange thing to do, but I think it was um, a let's pop the cockpit title change to try and encourage people to keep going to the cockpit shows. Was it they... Cockpit or
2: Portsmouth? I thought it was
1: Portsmouth. Oh, was it Portsmouth? All right. Well, maybe it's like a, uh, like a house show kind of WWE deal where they do a switch just to yeah, encourage people to come uh... back. Yeah.
2: People come to the shows that aren't the your call shows. They do matter. Look, we promise.
1: Yeah, but... yeah. Because I got Which that is... feeling with cockpit at the start of the year. They had that. Um, they had that. Was it a six man or an eight man tag for the main
2: event? I think it was. They... Yeah, it was a six man pizza six and man. Travis Banks and someone. Uh, skirl It was. Yeah, but that, yeah. that
1: was that was a fantastic match. It was like so like loaded with with uh, craziness, and the whole point of it was this is what we're going to get at the cockpit this year. You better come back. And doing a title change in Portsmouth is another way of saying, like, you need to come back to all these shows because if they're all going to matter. It's not just going to be the big shows. Everything's important. They are doing a good job of expansion this year. Red Pro. They have tried a couple of different markets. I'm not convinced that they're going to work well for them, but they're trying things. They're trying to expand
2: yeah, uh, I've got no problem with them doing like a title switch on one of the you know kind of smaller shows, but I think it, they'd be better served if they they made it you know they gave the titles to someone who is going to be a regular part of the promotion and Mustache Mountain don't feel like that at the moment, so it's it was an odd choice.
1: I get the feeling they're probably going to be hanging around longer than people thought.
2: Sure, so sure. Maybe it's not such uh, a deal. They're, I don't get the impression they're, they're going to be a team that's can frequently be being thrown in with like New Japan guys and in Rev Pro, that's kind of what you need to be if you're going to be one of the main acts, so it, it's a little off, but yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world or anything. Well, moving on to the big match that we, yeah. we've kind of all been waiting to talk about, Um I'll let you go first on this one because I realize I have uh, somewhat of a different opinion to well, you to have, what most you have bad get.
1: opinions <laughs> when you told me your star rating for this match I was like are you kidding me <laughs> but let, um let yeah me look. I'll explain myself after you've had your chance to, to okay right so everyone apart from Rob had this as like match of the weekend um, it's a match of the year contender for the UK uh Ishii and Keith Lee just beating the hell out of each other. I you're we talking earlier about like um, having the big reactions and then living up to them this is all that and more uh, just the, the style that because Keith Lee is like he's really great at what he does but here he was he was kind of pushed into the uh, not so much the Ishii match but the Japanese style of match where it's uh, it's all about fighting spirit and not backing down. And the, the shit they did in this match was fantastic. The strikes, the, uh, the comebacks, the no-selling in this was phenomenal. Because Ishii does a lot of very subtle like bits of selling, and he was doing those, but he was kind of doing the I'm fighting through the pain stuff and like standing up to Keith Lee. I fucking love this match. Uh, I'm just looking on the because we're on cage match for the for the card, and um, it's currently got a 9.20 rating on there from the uh, from the inmates. So that should give you an idea of how good this was. People are saying it's like nine or ten out of ten, and that's pretty much where everyone is at, apart from Rob. Why are you not there, Rob? Right.
2: So I'll start by saying. I did really enjoy this match. I thought this was a very good match. I thought it was match of the night. I had it three and three-court stars. So, you know, I, I thought it was a very good match, but for me, it wasn't quite, quite great. And I realise that will take some explaining to a lot of people who've seen it, who went absolutely mad over it. It's not just people live. I, I know there's people who've, who've since watched it on VOD and gone mad for it. So I realise I'm the outlier here. Here's why. Um, and also, I should add the proviso, I love both guys. I love Keith Lee, I love Tom Ishii, they're two of my favourite wrestlers, and they're two wrestlers who've had some of my favourite matches this year. So it's not it's not that I don't like the style, or anything like that. Um, with Keith Lee, he, I think he's wonderful. I, I think he brings something a little different to everyone else in pro wrestling, in that, in the ring, he almost breaks the fourth wall a little bit because he, he not only talks to the crowd, but he talks to the viewer at home watching it on their, their screen and he talks through the camera directly at you and kind of gives you the same reactions that you have when you're watching it. Like, there'll, there'll be a big, big chop or something and he'll turn to the camera and like wince or something and it's the exact same reaction you have at home watching it and I think that's brilliant. Um but if there's one criticism you could levy at him, it's that perhaps now and again he overacts a little bit. He he goes a little over the top with his, you know, facial expressions, that sort of thing. And yes, that's a minor thing, but moving on to Ishii. Ishi's matches when you break them down, are very formulaic. And I'm, I'm not saying that fully as a criticism, because I think it's one of the best formulas in all of wrestling. And not only that, I think he's, he does his formula so well that you don't notice it's a formula until after it's over. But, you know, as a match, when he's in there, specifically against a big guy, the match ends up being... Chop, 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 lariat, lariat, lariat. Take a couple of big moves, kick out at one. Um, go to hit the brain buster, fail to hit the brain buster, get hit by a few more big moves, kick out at one, hit the brain buster, um, win. And, you know, that's I could be describing several matches with that exact sequence. Um, but he manages to make that sequence work pretty much the same every time because he's so good at selling he's so good with his facials, he's so good with his noises that he makes in the ring but for a match that's so formulaic to work a match where you know exactly how it's going to play out you have to be fully invested and with Ishii, his matches are so gritty, so so brutal To get fully invested in them, when you've got someone like Keith Lee, who for me, in this match, overacted a little bit, went a little too on the nose with some of his um, mannerisms, that sort of thing. Um, It took me out of it a little bit, and they never fully hooked me in. They did some amazing things. I thought that spirit bomb spot on on Ishii was absolutely tremendous, but I was never fully there in the way that I am for some Ishi matches, where I can completely forget all about any formula because I'm just bought in all the way and all I want is Ishi to win. Here, I I wasn't there, and so that took away a little bit from it. Now, as I said, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was match of the night, but that's for me why I didn't think it was quite great. But I realise I'm in the minority there, and most people probably will find it great, and most people who've watched it so far did find it great.
1: I kind of understand what you're saying there because I have seen matches that other people really loved and that they haven't quite hooked me, but this this one like completely hooked me. It hooked everyone that was around me as well. So not only am I really into it, but everyone around me is really into it. So I was with like uh, like VK was like standing to the right of me, and who else is there? Mike Kilby. Um, so like we're all like super into it. All the people in front of us are jumping up and down at the near falls and the noise in the building like everyone was just so into that match i I just ah i'm sad that you didn't get that same impression from it 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 was so good
2: like it it was the same on the floor the the building was absolutely electric for it. it's one of the the hottest i've seen york hall so you know i'm i'm far from saying it's not a great match i just didn't find it And, and sometimes that happens um and but I was surprised it happened with this one because as I said, Keith Lee and Ishii were two of my two of my absolute favourites. So if there was one match I was wasn't expecting to be the low man on, uh, it was this one. But uh, yeah, it happens. Um,
1: it it happened to me. It, um, uh, Naito and Tanahashi at, at Wrestle Kingdom, which is like your favourite match of the year. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I just wasn't into that at all. I was like, come on, bring bring on the main event. This uh, just I don't care anymore. And um, that was for other reasons, but for the it was the same kind of thing. where I just didn't feel I was invested in it, and everyone else loved it, and I was like, oh, okay.
2: Sometimes these these things just happen. You kind of think, did I watch the same match, and then you're like, you you break it down. You're like, yeah, put that you're watching it, and sometimes you can be watching a match and thinking, I feel like I should be enjoying this more than I am because I've heard amazing things about it, maybe. You're there live and you can see the people on both sides of you are absolutely loving it and you're there like well this is this is good but I, I don't know um, but yeah I, I can it's had such good reviews from so many people that it's I can um, I feel I still feel comfortable in saying it's a match you should definitely go out of your way to see because there's a very high chance you'll love it
1: yeah, uh, that live experience was fantastic. The um, just after the um, match was over, I was I was kind of holding my uh, both hands on, on my head, and uh, kind of rocking backward and forward up against the the back wall, and um, I caught uh, uh, I saw like Brother Mort across the other side of the building. And he just looks across at me and, go, and like, he's smiling and he, he, goes, he gives like a thumbs up. So I, I gave him like a double thumbs up. Back. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he, he posted something on Twitter saying that was his favorite moment of, the, of the, uh, the weekend he had in London was like that. And that's what it's all about. It's like everyone in that building, well, almost everyone in that <laughs> building was like so into that match that when it was over, it was, we were just kind of, we were basking. Which is appropriate,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, after that, there, Goto and Osprey um, versus Suzuki and Saber Junior had the unfortunate um, and probably horrible task of having to try and follow uh, the Keithly Ishi match. But overall, I thought they did a pretty good job in following it, and that it was the right type of match to follow it because it, it was kind of a slow building one. Um they realised the crowd wasn't gonna be there straight away, so they slowly hooked them in. Mm. Um and overall I thought it was a, a very good main event. The one criticism I did have of it, I thought uh, well, for a start I'll say I was surprised on how hard Suzuki worked on both these shows yes. because I think that's been a, a very fair criticism of him from many parties this year and that he hasn't been uh really all there despite getting the returning New Japan push. Um but no, he, he brought his really working hard. boots. He worked yeah. really,
1: really hard in this and match.
2: He put an excellent beating on Osprey here, uh, and it, it, he was so good at like building up the sympathy for Osprey, and you were like, "Oh, I can't wait for Osprey to make his big comeback." And then it kind of never happened. Mm. Like he did like a little bit of a comeback, and then he would be cut off. And he'd do a little bit of a comeback and then he'd be cut off. And then Suzuki would be like slapping him around and laughing at him. And Will would be firing up. He'd be like, oh, here it is, here it is. And then he kind of just never came. It was weird. But he went like 50-50 with
1: with Zack Sabre. And because that was the match that were building to the next night, you almost kind of forget that Minoru Suzuki just, just beat him up for the entire match. It's almost like that was the heat part. And then Ospreay got his comeback on Sabre Jr. And pinned him at the end of the match. So that kind of made sense from a yeah like
2: yeah storyline so, structure. I think I remember saying to you in the the pub before the the second night though. Um, to me, as as good a job as I thought that tag match did in building up night two, it kind of got me more excited for the Osprey Suzuki match that isn't yeah. happening than it did the yeah. Osprey Sabre Junior match. But. Um,
1: well, both of the both of the matches within that tag match were good. So like the stuff that Osprey did with Sabre Jr. was really good, which it always is, and the stuff yeah. with Suzuki was really good. Um I Goto's segments less so, but um He it was tell. fine,
2: but he was very much like the other guy in the match. Yeah. It was
1: He certainly tried harder here than he did in that match, uh, with Zach Gibson.
2: Yeah. I mean, he was in the main event. He should have, but, uh, yeah, he he, he was kind of there, I guess, to get the hot tag, but then just tag straight back into Osprey. It was, <laughs> yeah. was strange. He, he did fine in his role, but, he, you know, I can imagine a year from now when I'm thinking back about that match, I'll be like, Oh, yeah, it was Suzuki and Sabre versus Osprey and somebody. S- someone else. <laughs> someone else, probably in chaos. Was it Yoshihashi? Was it Rocky Romero? Was it Gato? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, overall, I thought uh, it did a good job in the spot In that was quite a tricky spot following the Keith lee match. Yeah,
1: well, Keith lee Ishii even, um, easily... For me, match of the night, also match of the weekend. Um, I don't think anything else is particularly close. Um, We might get to talking about that at the end of night two, which I think we should move
0: on to. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just five fifty-five for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.
1: Can, can I do a little story before Could we start, start tonight, too? Which was um, hey, when we were walking up to the the venue. I was walking with um, Morse. And uh he was like, Is that the venue? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. It's said, so pretty. It's way too nice to have wrestling in it.
2: I remember this, yeah. <laughs> and it is, it's it's a lovely place, especially from the outside. It's such a
1: pretty building.
2: Like it's... inside it's it's a good wrestling venue, apart from the balcony, which isn't, you know, particularly well suited for, for wrestling, it goes too far back and isn't tiered enough. Um, but, you know, it, inside it, it's solid, but from the outside it's like it's, it's like you're going into some palace or something it's wonderful
1: Yeah, uh, we definitely made an impression on uh, the Eurograps with, uh, with having such a, a nice looking venue
2: You go in there, you're like oh, we don't belong here, we're not working <laughs> and, uh, I'm a yeah, big, let, big
1: fan of the assembly hall
2: Yeah, yeah, so it's a nice place um So we'll kick off with the opener. We had pretty much what felt very much like a repeat of the previous night. We got CCK versus Chaos again, um Brooks, Lycos, and, and Banks, so the full trio this time, going up against Gado, Yoshihashi, and Goto. This was there.
1: I honestly don't remember this match.
2: <laughs> like I My notes from this are good match. <laughs> so <laughs> was that it um, yes, uh but it was like three and a half stars or something, so it it was there, like so much of this card i I you know we've kind of already mentioned it a lot of a lot of these shows kind of fell into the it's all good, so nothing stands out apart from two matches but uh you know it it, it was a solid way to open it from what I remember um we then went into Yano and Gibson. Which was another very fun Yano match, and yeah. Gibson played off him really well.
1: Gibson drew a ton of heat here. The um, he's actually uh, altered his generic soon promo, and uh, has has kind of added layers to it. And the way he started um, like tearing the crowds apart, is beautiful. I actually had to stop booing
2: him so I could listen to it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He
2: he does a wonderful way of personalising it for each uh, company too, in that he, he he says criticisms that are like real criticisms very that close to the bone. of the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes you can hear them and you go, just go, you know, you're not you're not wrong there. <laughs> like. Uh, for Progress, he goes, ah, oh, you're a parody of what this crowd used to be. You're just you're just doing Sozies, chance because that's yeah. what the Progress crowd used to do. And you're like, you know what? You know, he's he's not wrong. <laughs> and then here he's like, ah, oh, you're a... Pa- you're you're, you're pretending Japan to fans. be New Japan fans. There's more people in this building um, than subscribe to New Yano Japan World like. from the UK. Um... Ah, uh, who was it? it? Someone looks different in person. Who was it? Because that
1: popped me, and I've completely forgotten who he said. Oh it was. yeah,
2: it was a a, a Brit, Re- Gredo. <laughs> Gredo <laughs> looks <laughs> different in person, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. Um, yeah, he, and and like <laughs> it it shows how like cynical and like bubble within a bubble when we're like hearing these things and going you know what like he's (laughs) kind of right it's not like we haven't thought the same things because like he said i think he said something on night one where it was something like there's more people in this building pretending to be new japan fans than subscribe to new japan world from the uk and i think he's actually (laughs) right in that (laughs) like
1: i didn't catch that i was too busy booing him but uh yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I just heard that line, I was like, you know what, someone's been listening to their WrestleNomics radio, like, <laughs> that's brilliant, that is, he's, he's so good, he's so, so good, and his, his he was the perfect guy the to throw against Yano here. And like, I've... you could see Yano stood across from him in the ring, just kind of looking around, and I, I've no idea how much he understood, I, I assume not much. But he was kind of just looking around, looking at the crowd and going, wow. I don't know what this guy's saying, but I'm very impressed by the booze he's getting because I've never seen anything like it. That's like what his face was saying and like, it's one of a kind. No one else in the world quite gets it other than like, the one comparison I could say is like Punch Tomonaga in Dragon Gate gets a similar sort of reaction but even him, I don't think gets quite the reaction um, Gibson gets. is. It's really special and the way he's managed to make it last as well is tremendous
1: yeah look do you think he's ever going to be able to turn face (laughs) it's just one of these things where like i just cannot see him as a face
2: like in liverpool maybe but like i it's it's strange it's it's strange um if if he managed he he could turn face in front of a crowd of wrestling twitter because he'd just make these references that (laughs) we all kind of like nod along to and go like he's not wrong he's not wrong um but you know that's maybe like an inner circle or something he'd he'd get over as a face but yeah that's that's about it uh but yeah i love this match
1: yeah this is fun i really enjoyed this uh Yano, like you say, is is such a fun act to watch live, and and Gibson is is what he is. It's good, um, good matchmaking from Andy Q. Yeah, that, that's uh, all we
2: got. We got the old cast stereo spot, which you know, <laughs> very much diminishing returns. We've we've all seen it already. <laughs> There's only so many times you can bring out a cast stereo from under the ring as a punchline. Like thing with jokes is once you've heard them once, but you know, minor criticism. This was a lot of fun. Um, although I was kind of surprised to see Yano pick up the win, because they are pushing Gibson Yeah but... that,
1: that did surprise me, I mean it was with a low blow but then yeah. it's Yano of course
2: it was a low blow <laughs> the, the thing is like a Yano loss is different to every other loss so it doesn't really matter that much So you know, I'm, I'm, it's not a big criticism um, Next up we've got Josh Bowden versus Rocky Romero, this was another good match where well, the only thing I remember from it is Josh boden shouting at Rocky Romero, uh, calling him a nonce. Which you I missed.
1: M- I missed. I missed. Uh, I was taking a leak at the time, uh, mainly because they, they served pint cans of Foster's, so I was having to drink more. Does that make sense? <laughs> I blame sure. Ed, because I ended up in, in a round system with Ed because uh, he was at the bar, so I shouted, can you get me a beer? And they went from downhill from there. Or uphill, possibly, I don't know. Depends, it all
2: night. depends on your perspective. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of stood at this point opposite, the opposite side to the rest of um, Grapp's Twitter. Um, I can't remember the exact reason, I think it was my seat was a bit further away so I kind of stuck some stuff in my seat and then stood behind it. Yeah, um, we, we just went straight I, to I the managed... bar.
1: I then stood <laughs> next to the bar. <laughs>
2: this This makes a lot of sense. Um, but I, that the, the good part of that is that I managed to see the live reaction of like all of Grapp's Twitter when Josh Bodum called Rocky Romero a nonce. <laughs> um, like I saw Ed kind of look up and go, did that just happened? Like, he was kind of looking around. Keir was in a conversation with, I think it was um, will at the at the time. Uh, so he didn't hear it, so I, I got to see uh, Ed tap Keir on the shoulder and go, do you hear what he just said to him? He just called him a nonce. <laughs> and then Keir just looks up and goes "goes like, what? How do I miss that? Um, but that that was, that was uh, fun when,
1: to watch. When I came back from the toilet, Ed uh, said hello to me as I walked past and went like, um, you just missed Josh Biden called Rocky Rivera a nonce.
2: <laughs> I mean, what oh. a strange... Um, like, of all the people in wrestling to call a nonce, like... T- it's a lot more accurate than Romero. Let's let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 just stop that right there.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Moving on. There, there was well, <laughs> there's one little story <laughs> I wanna I wanna I wanna share before before we move on fully. The the guy stood next to me. He was there with um, what I have to assume were two of his kids. Um, and one of the, the kids hears it. And turns round to his dad and goes, (laughs) did he just, did he just call him a Nazi? And and he goes, no, no, I don't think he called him a Nazi. And he turns to me and goes, what did he call him? And I go, uh, (laughs) 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 kind of like under my voice, he called him a nonce. So he kind of looks at him, looks back at me and goes, ah, I, I, yeah, the lad doesn't need to to hear the dark underbelly of uh, no, he British need wrestling yet. I mean, we kind of shared a, a knowing nod. Like <laughs> he, he can be saved from that for a, for a few years,
1: um, depending on what that, shows he goes to.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and how how loud he listens to Mike Kilby. Um, <laughs> no
1: comment. Yeah.
2: Next up, we got uh, Dave Mastiff versus Tomohiro Ishii and what was a big match for Mastiff, and he kind of disappointed. Uh, it was a good match, but bit, it was about as fine. The, it was basically, a... the, the Ishii the ishi parts, yeah.
1: Yeah, like the, the parts where Ishii did the Ishii match were fine, but then any time you had Mastiff in control, it was, at best, Patchy.
2: He's so... like he What's the opposite of dynamic... Static, I guess, but like he—he's so boring whenever he's in control of a match. He does nothing exciting. His like you feel like he should be hard hitting, and then all his strikes are kind of soft. It, it, and juxtaposed against Ishii, it's just so much worse because he's kind of trying to do the same role and being way, way worse at it.
1: So I just briefly got distracted by Will Ospreay's Twitter exploding.
2: <laughs> Again? Yeah. Let, let's leave that one, I think. Yeah, let's leave it's, that alone. Uh, there's, there's many thoughts and... Yeah, he, he, he's an idiot and I won't <laughs> edit that one out.
1: Uh, beautiful. I have been saying yes yes speaking of idiots um the cruiserweight title matches <laughs>
2: <laughs> how dare you how dare you speak about despy in such a way
1: uh no sir the champion
2: um oh, oh. so
1: okay. ryan smile part of uh, the brit Idiot brigade uh, was defending his uh cruiserweight title against el desperado and Desby because he's so lovely did not realise it was a title match until it was announced as such. So, like, just before he comes through the, the curtain, uh, like, he doesn't know, and then it's announced as a, as a title match, and he's like, oh, what, really? <laughs> this is a title match?
2: He's,
1: and he's, then we
2: wanted him got, to win. <laughs> he's got a real talent for showing emotion, even though he's wearing a mask. It, like, he's really good at that. <laughs> um, but is, yeah, he's Midway... a heel,
1: but he was so baby-faced with, like, us.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Midway through this match, we—it was literally the two of us. We kind of looked at each other and went, <laughs> "We want him to win here. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make that clear to him." So the two of us just start chanting like as loudly as we possible, possibly can, because Ryan Smile, not that over in Rev Pro, Despy not that over in Rev Pro. So it didn't take much for us to basically hijack the match a little bit and <laughs> and make Despy one of the most over guys seemingly on the card. Uh, we were just. Going all in for despie, screaming a uh, smile to tap whenever he was in a submission, <laughs> be it a headlock or an actual finish. I am um, so mean. <laughs> it was. It was. Um. I, I, as I, I, I know you haven't watched it back, I haven't either, but I imagine we're we're quite. Um, it, it's quite easy to hear us on on that uh, that specific match, um, and. Yeah, it, it Deathy kind of get, did. You notice at the end of the match, he kind of gave us a look towards the end, a little nod. It was lovely. <laughs> it was kind it's of like all... my guys. We were there for him we, on that one.
1: Yeah, uh, we should have got a mark pick with him.
2: We should have. Oh well, well he should have got a mark pick with you uh, to continue the the trend. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, and Ishii came and shook my hand <laughs> for, for wearing his merch.
2: He, he's got your um, picture in his wallet that Carla gave to him. <laughs> beautiful. That's the throwback. Um, yeah, overall this match was fine. I had a lot of fun with it because I was cheering Despi so loud, but like yeah. it wasn't anything too wrestling special. Is,
1: um, wrestling, especially live wrestling, is much more fun when you pick a side.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: especially <laughs> if it's against somebody who you can be easily persuaded to, to cheer <laughs> a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been saying for a while that I don't particularly like Ryan Smile. I have various reasons, but um, like, I, in terms of his work, though, like he is a really good wrestler, but I just don't care for him. So it's kind of... It's, it's a perfect setup for having a good match that I can get invested in as long as like, the person he's wrestling is somebody that I care about enough to cheer for. And yeah, it was it was a little perfect storm for like three people. Me, you, and Desperado.
2: <laughs> and and Mort by the end, too. Yeah, yeah we, we... We had kind a little of got squad off. going on there. We, we got some more people involved. And Whoever that guy was who ended up, like, sat directly in front of us who seemed to agree with us in everything throughout the night, but uh, we had no idea who was.
1: Um, oh, that guy, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Whoever that guy was, shout out to him. Um... Next we had Baskin the Justice, Keith Lee and Yuji Nagata, more of a tag team versus uh, Los Ingobernables de Japon, Bushi and Tetsuya Naito. This You've was been practicing have that. I uh, I've had it. Look, I'm 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 in a relationship with a South American, you know. I've had to I've had to pick things up a little on the Spanish department. Um, yeah. Cool. This was another fun match um, just because of how great all four characters were. Yeah. Like, in-ring it, it probably wasn't anything that special, but just the charisma here was off I the charts.
1: very much enjoyed it. Like, when are you ever going to see Keith Lee and, and Eugenie Gatter as a team again? It may it may never happen.
2: <laughs> and like, you could tell they were just loving teaming together. It was wonderful.
1: Well, I, I expect big things for Keith Lee. So he's going to end up somewhere big. If it is New Japan, then you might get to see this again, but probably
2: not, I wouldn't have thought. Like he wants... So, he, he's gone on the record saying he wants to end up in Japan soon. He just doesn't really know how to make it happen. Yuji um, Nagata, Nagata seemed to really makes, like him. He makes so, things happen. yeah, yeah. Like he seemed to really like teaming with Keith Lee, so I wouldn't be shocked if uh, certain things happened. But you know, who knows? Oh. But yeah, this was this was a charisma explosion, and it was wonderful. It really
1: was. It very much enjoyed this. But then, um, like, it, it's hard not to.
2: Like, how can you not enjoy this? Yeah, like, you yeah. get inside. It's not going to show up on any match of the year list, but it was great. It was great stuff. Um, Next up, we got Matt Riddle versus Minoru Suzuki. Um, This was a match that started amazingly and then kind of didn't go up that next gear for me. Like The first half of this match, I was like, this is going to be amazing. This is a chance to be like match the weekend, that sort of thing. And then it kind of wasn't.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Like, at times, in the first half of, of the match, I was very much looking at it as being like, "This is going to be fucking great," and then it just kind of leveled off a little bit. Oh. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put that down to Minoru Suzuki. Just that's all he's got left. I I don't know, but he does wrestle a very uh, deliberate style and. Perhaps, like with Matt Riddle at the moment, like when when he's uh, wrestling in big matches, he likes to kick it up a notch down the stretch. Mm. And that really wasn't an option here. Like, I don't think Suzuki has that
2: left. In fact, it kind of kicked it down a a notch because we ended up just heel sticking it.
1: Yeah, and I really didn't like the the fact that Minoru works strongly heel in this because he got popped huge in your call. He was a full-on babyface even when he was doing his heel shtick. The crowd loved him there. So for him to come out and just just deliberately play the heel role, I don't think it was really called for. And part of what uh, I dislike about Suzuki Gun is that they have that defined like heel role for Minoru when, in actuality, he's more of a, a jerk that people like. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like his army of dickheads. Follow him around. And Matt Riddle, like he's, he's too much of a, a blue-eyed baby face to to ever have the crowd turn on him at this point. So they ended up with a, a very rigid heel face structure, which they probably didn't need to do. But I don't know. I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't want to be too harsh on it because I did enjoy the match.
2: Yeah, it was good but stuff. From the first so, half, I was expecting it to be really special. Yeah, yeah, it could
1: have been like like a dream match, like one of these. I was there when Minoru Suzuki wrestled Matt Riddle, but uh, I don't think you would ever got close to that.
2: No. Um, one match that did deliver on expectations and was absolutely amazing, and you know you've already said Keith Lee versus Ishii was your match of the night, uh, match of the weekend. For me, this was it. Um, Zack Saber Jr. versus Will Ospreay. This blew me
1: away. I thought this was amazing I think it helped that we were both so invested in the match and in opposite, opposite directions side. yeah <laughs> so it was very much a case of like all the way through the match like I'm fully chanted for Zach and you're all in on Osprey and there's people around us that are the same and you get that mixed crowd where there's a lot of respect going on because like I don't like will Osprey but I do respect him because he is a fantastic wrestler. But when it comes to a match like this, I don't want him to win. I really don't want him to win. And Andy Quilden agrees with me, <laughs> apparently. And my uh, my favorite moment of uh, the weekend was when uh, he strapped on that young boy killer and Osprey quit. I don't know if I'm on camera, but I did do a full on uh,
2: celebration akin to uh, uh, somebody who's it, just. Well, scored what a goal. actually happened, because uh, <laughs> t- we stood next to each other, he takes a step forward, turns around so he's directly in my face, lifts both hands in the air and screams, Yes! <laughs> um, While well, I'm stood there slightly dejected. Um, they built this <laughs> match amazingly. In that they, they structured it perfectly to the point where you 100% bought the Osprey win, and then Saber rolled out of the ring, and you were like, well, shit. That's, 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 that was Osprey's chance, and like you. At, I think it's what happens so often in wrestling is that what is kind of considered a false finish. People don't buy as a false finish because it's not built up properly in the way that a modern match will end. This they they did it perfectly. They Osprey had had his like minor two count kickouts. So he would run through some big moves. Then he had a big flurry, and it was a big culmination. And Osprey hit hit the move, and Saber was out of the ring, and you're like, that was it. That was it, and it was so good. Mm-hmm um overall i think such credit has to be given to these two guys because this was the third part of a trilogy of matches that started a year like a year and a half ago in the cockpit where osprey was wrestling like a junior and got ripped apart by sabre he basically got one of my favorite matches of last year actually. Uh it was an ex- kind of an extended squash for like 20 minutes where Osprey was just hanging in there and he'd get these little flurries but overall Sable was just too good for him and Osprey never really got on top in the match. He'd he'd hit a few moves every now and again um but then Sable would like grab him out of mid-air and get him in another submission. And it was just so different to what you're used to seeing. That's how the
1: You know what is you know what it's kind of like. It's kind of like the uh, Volta David Star yeah. stuff. Only they have been like big. Th- well, I don't want to say big, but they've been title matches, like Sabre and
2: Osprey. So oh, it's, this was there's the been first something title on the line. The first one was a non-title. Like, uh, the first one was non-title. Oh, was it? Um, it it because it was just after Osprey had lost the match to Skrull for the number one contendership. Uh, and it was just after um, Saber had won the belt from uh, Styles. Uh, then the second one, which Ospreay won, which was more recently in Portsmouth, um, that was non-title again. That was where Ospreay earned the title shot for this one. And that the difference between the first match and that match was so different because Ospreay wrestled it like he showed how much more well-rounded he is now as a wrestler. Um, he brought the ground game, he he wasn't just this flippy guy, he was he was striking with Sabre, that sort of thing, and then he still wasn't quite there, but he managed to kind of fluke a roll-up victory, um, and that earned him this title match. In this match, he went toe-to-toe with him. Um, I don't know if you've seen the tweet from Osprey afterwards, um, buried within um, several uh, less intelligent tweets, let's put it that way.
1: I... I've certainly seen tweets from Will Osprey. Um
2: But he, he, I think he tweeted something like, I, he kind of kept kayfabe, which, which was well done. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm not pleased with the result, but I'm very pleased with my performance. I didn't hit a single dive in that whole match and hit two quote unquote flips um, yes. and yet had the whole crowd um, on their feet throughout. Um, that isn't something he'd have been able to do even a year ago, but, like, that didn't even register with me that he was doing that, but he was so good here, both, both guys were so good here, and I've been critical of Sabre in RevPro quite, quite frequently, actually, on this podcast, but, uh, I thought Sabre was the perfect forward for Osprey here, like, there was so much to like about this match, Osprey was amazing, Sabre was amazing, like, that, that, um... That back elbow Osprey started to do just looks incredible. Do you know what the one I mean? Where like Saber's kind of kneeling, and Osprey—it looks like he's going to do some like flippy kick or something—and no, he just like turns around, back elbows him in the head, and it makes this amazing sound. You're like, how is Saber not dead from taking that? It's amazing. It's
1: one thing that uh, working in Japan will teach you is uh, strikes that look realistic um it hasn't totally like permeated into all of his uh like stuff but there are strikes that he's amended or started doing that are more realistic and that's definitely the mm-hmm. japanese influence
2: like i i was all over this match this is one of my favorite matches of the year from anywhere especially in europe um and you know <laughs> it says a lot about my star ratings that Uh, saying that I went four and a quarter on it, which, uh, you know, that's just me. Um, But yeah, this is, for me, a must-see match. Um, You need to go out of your way to see this one because it was special.
1: Yes, completely agree on that. I I don't think it was on the level of, uh, like, Keith Lee and Ishii was one of those matches where it's like it's a perfect storm of guys uh, coming together at at a certain time in their career, whereas this is part of an ongoing storyline. So, you kind of you get more from it, I think, if you've seen the other uh, Sabre Osprey matches and how it's developed and built up over time. Um, and the way that their chemistry has improved and like they're, they're building to something. And eventually they're going to have a match that's better than this one. And I really want to be at it. <laughs> Cheering for
2: Zach. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, um, I agree.
1: But he will win eventually.
2: He will, I suppose he will and I, I better be there. I'll be, I'll be very frustrated. Um, but, uh, yeah. It is a match where I think you, to fully appreciate it, you need to have seen the the two matches that lead into it, because they definitely play off the two of them very strongly. Both in the overarching story, but also in the minutiae, in that they, there's lots of callback spots to previous uh, things. Um, like, there's... There was one part in the Portsmouth match where uh, that I particularly loved. In the, um, One thing I always find a bit weird in wrestling is no one ever releases a hold even when it would be in their kayfabe interest to release it. Like They're midway through getting powerbombed in an armbar and they just hold on knowing full well they're going to get powerbombed. Sabre doesn't. If Sabre's midway through a powerbomb, he'll just let go of the armbar, kind of twist you around and get you in some other submission. And he did that in the the Portsmouth match, in this match um, that same thing's happening again, Osprey's lifting him up for the power bomb out of like an armbar, Sabre lets go, but but Osprey, midway through Sabre's counter then rolls him into like a, a small package or something, and it's little things like that that, although they're awesome just seeing them, they're even better when you've seen the previous match and you can go, oh you're building off the past things, and honestly I think Osprey's. You know, top three in the world for that sort of thing. He's so good at match to match psychology, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. No, that's fair. <laughs> there's, Very fair. There's obviously other issues um, with him, but uh, from an in ring point of view, yeah, I can yeah,
1: never not love him. I mean, I'm I'm aware that he's not come off well on uh, Twitter recently, and he is still young and he's still dumb. And i've been saying this for a while that the one thing that he needs to work on is that like away from the ring he just needs to grow up a bit and he's grown up in the ring that much is very clear it's very evident uh, from this saber junior match like he really has grown up as a wrestler but he needs to grow up as a human being as well and he needs to do it for the, the benefit of his career because if he carries on being this dumb, it will hurt his career. Um, it doesn't matter how good he is in the ring, eventually it's going to hurt him.
2: Like if... Right. So I hope he does. I hope he does. If the... um, I think he said he's going to hand off his, his Twitter to someone else and have like a social media manager or something, I can't think of anything better for him.
1: Yeah, and then he then he just carried on doing oh, it. I, just... I haven't seen that yet. I yeah, I'm afraid that so. gets
2: a groan. But uh, yeah, don't don't double down, people. It like just don't, just, just let it go. Like don't do it in the first place. But don't double down. Um, uh, to to go back to a brighter note, amazing match. Seek it out. It's amazing. Uh, you need to see it. Um, and I think my,
1: after the my match, big plus I'll point say. about sorry, my other big plus point about uh, that weekend was just how much wrestling was on. Uh, because it wasn't just because uh, it used to be like three years ago. If Red Pro ran this big weekend uh, show, like two shows with New Japan, it'd be like, well, we're definitely going to that because there's nothing else on. But then it was like the t- the two days afterwards, there was uh, Lucha Forever, uh, Progress ran a show in Manchester, and Eve ran their whole uh, She Won thing, which was like four shows in two days in in Bethnal Green. So there was there was an awful lot of wrestling that weekend, and it seems to be like every weekend stuff like that's going on. It's a great time to be a fan,
2: yeah yeah like there's there's something for everyone and there's in fact there's lots for everyone now, which is even better um it's a special time uh to be uh, a European wrestling fan um we're very lucky in many ways um
1: I've waited a long time for this.
2: <laughs> See, I haven't. I've been really lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah. you fl- Wait Wait till there's a downturn and, and it's crap again.
2: See if you can hold on. Uh, let's hope that never happens.
1: But, you know. Hopefully, with globalization and all that, it's like, it, it's another place for people to work and it seems to be working at the moment. So I'm, I'm happy with it.
2: Um, After the main event, we got a bit of a confrontation between uh, Matt Riddle and Saber Jr. and the rest of Suzuki-gun in the ring. Um, That was... (laughs) poor Despy. (laughs) (laughs) So they kind of did the the show-closing promo with um, Saber and Suzuki and stuff. uh, Suzuki-gun, Ichiban! That that, that deal. (laughs) um which i very much enjoyed zach's impression of suzuki saying that um but and then matt riddle came out and, and challenged zach for the belt uh which is going to be happening at uprising which is uh actually quite soon it's like what three, three it's weeks in ago?
1: december at some point. early december um, i think when I heard when it was, I knew I wasn't gonna be able to go to it. It's so like December is a complete write off for me.
2: It's it's a bullet club show, so I don't really want to go to it. But um that main yeah, eventually. You know be what kind good. of fans
1: that's gonna attract? <laughs> it's gonna be the kind of fans that Zach Gibson is gonna be able to cut a promo
2: on. Yep. It's gonna be l- there's gonna be a lot of bullet club shirts there, let's let's put it that way. Um the, the hilarious part of this is
1: I'm actually sat here wearing a Bullet Club shirt recording this because I wear it around the house so I don't get profiled. profile. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, dear. Uh, you, you, you bought one before it was cool, I assume. <laughs>
1: it was a long time ago. I bought it when I was like, it was a cool shirt. It, it is <laughs> a cool it,
2: shirt. It, it is a cool shirt. It's yeah. just got certain things attached to it. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway the, we've got the Suzuki gun like show closing promo riddle comes out and um challenges zach uh, and Suzuki like yells at desperado like go take out riddle and and then despie kind of gives <laughs> gives Suzuki like a oh you you know I can't do that look but he like dejectively like wanders out the ring runs at riddle gets i think takes a knee to the face or something and it's just like Poor guy, like he knew that was happening, <laughs> but you sent him there anyway. Riddle like slides into the ring and Suzuki and Zach bail. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a solid build up to uh, the title match there. I I doubt Riddle a, wins. A, but... a more
1: solid uh, build up would have been to Riddle to actually win a match. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, maybe that was a, a New Japan booking thing. I mean, they were like he'd... if you're booking Riddle against Suzuki, he's losing, but.
2: He beat Despy and then was cheated out of his match with Suzuki, but still.
1: But still, it's like, you know, you don't win the semi... Uh, lose in the semi-final of a cup and then come back in the final. But if you, you turned up at Wembley, they'd be like, well, what the fuck are you <laughs> doing? You lost.
2: <laughs> yeah, but in terms of, like, uh, the pecking order, Zach is behind Suzuki, isn't he? So, it. Um, I, I get... I, I, I agree with you, but I can see like why they didn't have it happen.
1: Basically if, if they wanted Riddle as the next challenger, they should have put him over somewhat. Yeah, I okay. agree. But I get that they also wanted to have uh the big Riddle Suzuki match. That was one of the big selling points of of Walthamstow. So I know a lot of people who bought tickets to that show for that match. So yeah, it's a it's a catch twenty two.
2: And them. you know, Riddle's over enough that, you know, it's not a it's not like a problem and people are going to buy him for the title I could actually see him winning that I don't think he will but I you know there's a possibility which you know is, is more than some type of defences you get so
1: I, I think I'd be surprised I think they're in Sabre for the for the long haul
2: I'm, I'm not saying he's like a favourite but like I, I, if it happened I wouldn't be like oh my god I didn't see that coming at all I'm you know 10-15% chance for it wins
1: no, that's probably fair um Shall we wrap
2: up here? Yeah, yeah. You've got work tomorrow, so
0: I haven't work. I will
2: let you sleep. Um, As always, I, I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Get a job. <laughs> I might have to next year. That's that's gonna be fun. Um, and maybe Ollie is doing right now. Nobody knows. Who knows? Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, uh, you can find him at reviewreviews.com <laughs> uh, voicesofwrestling.com I'd realised I'd forgotten to do plugs there so we'll do an abbreviated version uh, Twitter at, at VR Double, and you're at Arnold Furious? Arnold Furious?
1: Ar- Arnold. Arnold, I'm, Furious. I'm full Arnold Furious Arnold um, Furious
2: which um, yes Rock Bottom Radio that is his full name and real name definitely 100% um yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you again in two weeks. Goodbye. Duh.
0: Here it comes again, lunch.